A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only uh, review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight. And, and Sidge, I am simultaneously looking forward to Dynamite and a little bit apprehensive because tonight could be the end of an era, couldn't it? It could. It could indeed. Um, I've loved this Orange Cassidy reign. Once the deepest cut of his ongoing years-long punchline hmm. of the fighting champion. It's like Ox, uh, Orange Cassidy fighting champion. What a delicious oxymoron mm. that is. And it's not like a mean-spirited, like, snarky gag. He's realized that it's a great punchline in and of itself, and he's just decided to embody the traits of a great working babyface champion, probably the best television champion of all time. It could come to an end. I'm a bit worried about the atmosphere here. Um, it's been a big problem throughout many AEW shows, potentially the defining shift of 2023, where there are too many WWE ass crowds. <laughs> um, and I read, because there was nothing on WrestleTix, so I went um, and read last week's Observer again, and um, there were 2,500 tickets out. If they get a strong walk-up, it might not be so bad because I think the capacity of the arena is like 7,000-odd. It's one of those really small... Well, not really small, but like smaller mm. venues that they run. So, Where is it? Uh, Broadmoor Bank Arena in Colorado. Ah. Um, so it could be like really intimate. I like when you can see the top deck. Mm. Even if it's just on one side, I like seeing that top deck lit up because it creates the illusion of like a packed house, even mm. if I know that the hard cam side is going to be empty and topped off or whatever. So I've got worries generally about the atmosphere and that faith of, that anticipation of going to be a great dynamite tonight. Even when it's on paper, you don't really get that feeling. So I want to be swept up in the feeling if I'm not necessarily feeling it myself, but entertaining card. Orange Cassidy and Swerve, we were in the building, Hamlet and myself for the last five minutes of that mm. Battle Royal. And it was just, it was up there with Gunther, Cody, and Taker, Michaels, for me. It was just electrifying. Their exchanges were so good. They've told the story, and Orange Cassidy has told the story so well that even Carl Fletcher, when he brain-busted Cassidy immediately, my first impulse thought was, Jesus Christ, they're going to pull off the shock of all shocks. Mm. And that's because Orange Cassidy is so good at creating drama and so good at selling. Swo Strickland is a name. He is someone that people have talked about as a potential world champion. That's how talented he is. So I will absolutely buy every single near fall um, in this match. What could happen to ultimately build a match that, for whatever reason, has been delayed through three <laughs> pay-per-view cycles? <laughs> yeah. Or at least two, at least two. Like Revolution and Double or Nothing. Because at Full Gear, there was still a team and they lost... Uh, so through two pay-per-view cycles, they've not done Swerve versus Keith Lee. So there might be a scenario in which Mogul Embassy mm -hmm. come out, 
neutralized by Keith Lee and maybe Dustin Rhodes. And in that moment, Swerve gets a roll up and you get the best 2.9 of the reign and then Cassidy prevails. Or Swerve Strickland is really great. They love him. He's a big name. This could launch his push once and oh, for yeah. all. So I'll buy it on everything. The match quality, given the tease we got of it at Double or Nothing, is almost assured to be great. My only concern is the atmosphere in that building. Well, I mean, it's you have to be concerned about that now. Like, it's, as such as it's a 2023 thing, it's unfortunate that while Dynamite can't quite figure out how to, sorry, AEW can't quite figure out how to get hot again, there's always the risk that the crowds are just not coming up for stuff. Then there was last week, though. But then you have last yeah. week. Like, San Diego was amazing. Um, in every sense, it felt like the power was back because there was no one standout match that, like, put that Dynamite above some of the other, like, higher quality in-ring ones from the year. But the vibe was amazing. All Zero night. downs from you? Yeah. Uh, every segment had merit and nothing to really criticise. And that was often the feature of the best Dynamites. wasn't a match that you could... Great when you can. There's a match that you can pull from. There's still really good in-ring last week. But when you haven't got, I don't know, a Danielson Bandido, for example, just off the top of my head. But there's loads of examples mm. where there's just typically that four-plus star match a week. Um, it might not have had that last week, but the whole vibe was just better. So it didn't matter. Like you were kinder to something like the main event. That if it was a cold dynamite, that mixed tag might not have gone down anywhere near as well, for example. Um, I really hope Orange Cassidy loses tonight, because if you love something, set it free. <laughs> and I, I've loved this reign that much. I would love it to end while it still feels special. I compared it, it as, yeah, to Seth Rollins, yeah, turning on the shield. Like, it was a legitimate shock that WWE were prepared to gamble something that they'd made bankable in an era where almost nothing was because they were committed to this story and this push for Seth Rollins. kind of feels like you can do that with Orange Cassidy. There'll be nothing but happy memories. I wouldn't say we were witnessing uh, the end when we were in Las Vegas, but there was elements where it felt like you were reaching the beginning of the end. And we were fantasy booking Jay White winning the Battle Royal because it felt cruel. Swerve is a bit like that. Swerve didn't get in the ring in the Battle Royal for ages. He is a guy that has stood on the sidelines and avoided fighting Keith Lee, avoided fighting several people. He has won his way to this shot but he's kind of happily stayed back and let other people do the fighting. So there's an element of that, Jay White, oh, he doesn't deserve this, but we know in reality he absolutely does. And I think I think it's a it's not a goodwill gesture, but it's a vote of a vote of confidence because the booking hasn't really been one this year. I think it was mostly as Swerve and our glory were coming to an end. We were all talking about twenty twenty three could be Swerve's year in a big way. But the delay in getting to that payoff feels like it's delayed Swerve's upward trajectory this puts him right back on track and what yeah what are we doing for the well, mogul affiliates now mogul embassy what are we doing if none of them are winning big matches uh, like that's a i suppose like an increasing tony khan problem is that you put these people together but if they don't win matches the stable doesn't feel particularly valid or doesn't mm. feel like it's a, a pressing concern so if swerve wins that finally justifies him doing all that tinkering to get his stable right to put him into this position. So for for loads and loads of reasons, and the match quality is assured, we've seen it, we've seen a version of it, we're going to get probably an even better one. I would really, really love Swerve to win. And it's also made me think about what Orange Cassidy could be up to in the near future. But I suppose we'll get onto that with Tony Khan's big announcement. Yes. Because uh, Cassidy without an international title is a different booking prospect as well. Uh, Trench, you booked this for the uh, main event for tonight's Dynamite, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, how's your vegetable intake going? I've had peas before. Hey, well, like this is Ricky Stark. What are you up to now, Trench? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> JY versus Ricky Starks tonight with a bit of a clue to, I think, what's going to happen here, Sige, because Juice Robinson and FTR are banned from ringside. Doing some simple baths here for a potential trios match. That's one missing. Do you think that will be involved in the in result of tonight's match? Well, not necessarily, you know. I think that, well, recall Revolution, Jericho Starks, when the graphic was everyone is banned from ringside, and then they went, oh, change it to the Jericho Appreciation <laughs> Society is banned from ringside, and everyone immediately leapt to Oh, well, actually, Andrade is going to join the JAS. As it transpires, they don't care enough about him to do that. <laughs> but everyone did think, 
all oh, right, okay, they've written themselves a loophole here. Is that also the one where Sammy went, I mean, I'll just come down to ringside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the most pointless bit of drama. What a waste of time. So they've there's precedent mm-hmm. where you think that they've given themselves an out and they themselves have not taken it. But there could be a third member of Bullet Club Gold and they just haven't specified that Bullet Club Gold is banned from ringside. Um, but... <laughs> Terrible analysis, right? Who's in Bullet Club? <laughs> Jay White got kicked out it's, of Bullet Club. I was going to say, it's Jay White in Bullet Club because New Japan are kicking around now for Forbidden Door. Jay White got kicked out of Bullet Club, the New Japan arm, correct? Yep. David Finley took his spot as yes. the leader. And now he's just formed Bullet Club Gold in America. That's like tantamount, really, other than the actual copyrights to AJ Styles forming the OC, isn't it? Yeah. Like a leader gets booted, but it's like... I can still have it if I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just odd. Yeah. Just absolutely odd all around. So I don't know if it's going to be one of the New Japan Bullet Club crew joining, reuniting with JY or whatever, or if there could just be another AEW roster member who interferes and joins Bullet Club Gold US edition or whatever. It does feel like that's going to be the um, twist the, the get out to beat Ricky Starks, which I don't like. He can just get beaten. And I think they should just beat him and then beat him down. But that will lead into a question you're going to pose later, Adam Wilborn. So I'll not get too much into that. Jay White's going to win. And I think this match should be great. I really, really liked the first one. I know some people didn't. Some people really liked the glimpse of what the match could be. Some people just thought it was mid. I'm somewhere in the middle. I really loved the glimpse of what it could be. They were just doing stuff in there that was really advanced, that was really well-crafted. Like, Jay White, and I like this turn of phrase, so I'm probably going to steal it for a tweet, if the match lives up to its expectations, has somehow located that number between 299, 2.99 and 3. <laughs> like, the absolute last second. And that underscores that Jay White just does... Everything a good wrestler should better than almost every other wrestler. It's 2.999 recurring. Like his footwork, his chops, the way he prowls the ring. He just looks, he just wrestles like he's a master who knows every inch of it. He's so, like he's the cerebral assassin. He's a precision guy, isn't he, Jay? Except he's actually just fantastic and not boring and methodical at all. (laughs) I absolutely love him. Um, But I will delay my other thoughts on this match and how it might factor into something else. Deeper in the pod, retention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't disagree with Sidge's pitch for the collision main event. It's like they've they've kind of shown you something pretty good anyway. Um, I just have like other ideas of what direction they might go in, but I still think Jay White wins. Um, they have figured out, I think, with Jay White that <laughs> AW has a more hard, has a more plugged in hardcore base, and you can absolutely infer more. In AEW, mm. loads more. In fact, doesn't matter what idiots online say. But even with those qualifiers, like Jay White was too mid to begin with. Last year's Forbidden Door build, and then his initial debut, how he arrived, what he was kind of getting in the mix of, and it just feels like they've figured it out. Like from the Battle Royal onwards, when going into the Battle Royal, you had the beat down, and how like brilliant that played out. Him and Juice backst- with that backstage attack, and then remembering that personal issues draw money and actually crafting this personal issue. This is a totally different prospect to that first match. I didn't particularly care for the first match. I never really felt like it got going and then it delivered a very unsatisfying finish. Now, we know that Ricky Starks was supposed to say the following week, uh, yeah, you thought I lost my head. I didn't. Um, My head's more screwed on than anything, actually. Like, I wanted to hit (laughs) him with a chair. I wanted to take my anger out on him with a chair. I was happy to eat the DQ. Um... But that didn't feel earned at the time. It never felt like a story. They'd forgotten to create hostility between them. The hostility is there. Now this match, this is the real quiz. Jay White's going to win it uh, because they've given him promo time in the ring to build this. They hate each other now in a way that you actually believe. And things aren't going well for Starks. And that's all right in the wins and losses matter promotion. He does need to find a way out of this funk, which I believe Sidgwick might be booking for him later on on this podcast, but even if that's not the route, like if Tony Khan likes him as a booker and if fans stick with him, and I believe they will, like he got big reactions in Vegas and not everybody did, um, he'll find a way out of this funk. 
but it's okay for wrestlers to fall into them in a company that books logically. It is. Yeah. It's okay for you to lose for a while. It's not this pit of despair. It's not this vortex. And Jay White, they're really close to getting him properly, yeah. finally. So this feels like his... This and now, more than the first match, feels like his introductory program that he's about to win. I think this match opens, for reasons we'll get into later, even if that makes my fantasy booking contrived. Just looking at the Bullet Club stable and Bullet Club USA, I'd take either of these in AEW. Ace Austin or Chris Bay. Ah, yeah. It's, I mean, they've got, like, Impact Tag stuff at Obviously, the moment. Yeah. Um, I saw a match there. I don't watch a lot of Impact, and they reminded me of, like, the Motor City Machine Guns. They're, they're building momentum, as cliched a phrase as that <laughs> is. But then I suppose... Impact's fair game for this sort of time of year, isn't it? Like Tony Khan, did the relations stay good? They just said an amicable, let's not bother with one another for a while. Yeah. There were rumours that it wasn't going particularly great. Um, Like, I think that AEW might, and this is pure speculation on my part, might have used the fact that they were the far bigger promotion to their own advantage. Like, I presume Kenny Omega was going to drop the Impact title after the AEW one to just whoever Impact kind of wanted, with Kenny's blessing. But because of the Hangman Page paternity stuff, they were like, it's going to have to be Christian Cage, and he's going to have to be the intermediary, which you can't imagine would have pleased them that much. It's not mm. the same as beating Kenny Omega at Impact. Um, Sammy Guevara, didn't he nope it? Oh, God, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Didn't he nope it um, when he was quitting the... In a circle. Felt like Van Damme refusing to do that job on Shotgun Saturday night at that time, didn't it? Like, I'm a big enough star in my own world. I'm not, not yeah. touching this. Yeah. So, who knows? But, look, I'm not being funny. If AEW asking Impact to jump, Impact more likely than not are going to say, how high, mention the fact that they're doing great guns and Impact on this show. The Bullet Club Gold thing, just on Jay White quickly, it, it's a weird inconsistency. But... Maybe it's not that, and maybe Jay White has taken it upon himself to form a Bullet Club variant in AEW that, he, that Tony Khan, the booker, has decided, we're going to have a Bullet Club. Like, we're allowed yeah. one, you know, the, the works for that, we're going to have a Bullet Club, and we can put in whoever we want. Like, if only AEW had, like, a few spare wrestlers kicking around with nothing to do. <laughs> you just pluck one, yeah. and you give them a T-shirt, and, like, there's a chance they get over in a big way as this Action new member Andre of Bullet is a heel. Yeah. Could be something, mm. particularly with the Starks history, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not working out as a baby face. He's got a vibe that I just find a little bit... I don't want to get behind you, and I don't know why. From the wilderness, he's just had his arse handed to him in quite a high-profile fashion against Zack Sabre Jr. So it's the right time to do it as well, isn't it? So Maybe it's Andre. Maybe. Um, we've got a reunited jungle hook in action tonight against Preston Vance and Drillistico, Texas Tornado. Um, they, uh, you know, best mates and looking forward to kicking... Um, Preston and Andrelistico's ass tonight but after last week anytime there's a moment that Hook takes his eyes off Jungle Boy I'm just going to be thinking is it about to happen? What a hot match that would be in every sense of the word Yeah <laughs> Texas Tornado's perfect because they're going to win but it allows multiple opportunities for miscommunications you basically get the match version of all those teasers last week it was like four times where the way they were stood in the ring you were thinking yeah. oh god he's going to hit him now Oh, he's moved forward. Oh, God, he stepped back again. Like, there's going to be loads of times where you're holding your partner or there's just a brawl happening. It's a, Theoretically, it's a constant melee, isn't it? So there's loads of opportunities where there's an errant weapon shot. You can even do one. You can even swing a weapon. Hook can... He's a bit inexperienced in this situation, whereas Jungle Boy's gone through this a couple of times now with Christian Cage, but Hook gets a, a bit overexcited, swinging a chair or something like that, and briefly takes out Jungle Boy. It's fine. They win the match, but things are left to linger. I think you just work on making it seem like things are fine, as in Ross is making fajitas fine <laughs> before it's very much not, and Jack Perry snaps. I think it's crueler if he snaps when things are all right. You know, like if we're just waiting this turn because he's pissed off because he's lost the title match and he knows the fans have gone off him. Like, that's less of an issue with him and Hook, and it's more of an issue with him and the audience. I think you want to see him get a bit jealous of the mm. fact that the fans haven't gone off Hook. The fans were waiting for Hook to get hot again, and here he is. What about me? Like, you've just abandoned me, and he takes it out on Hook, and you do that by building them up together. Are you saying that you'd prefer Jungle Boy to turn after Forbidden Door? Um, yes, I feel like that might get in the way. Like, it's going to be hard to care about Jungle Boy one way or the other when Forbidden Door happens, and it's as good as everyone thinks it could be. 
So yeah, I would do some more teasers. Mm. I liked the feeling that they generated and the tension and the suspense when he was just lurking by Hook with that chair and walking behind him when he should have been side by side. It was all really well done. I'm way up for more teasing like that. This match, I didn't like the first Texas Tornado match they did particularly, which was strange because the mocks, um, Preston Van stuff was really nice. Just a bit of continuity. So I trust them to get the stipulation right this time. It'll hide Hook's limitations, allow him to perform in short, explosive bursts. Um, so I'm looking forward to it in that regard. If it leads to Hook versus Roosh. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine Roosh trying to monster Hook, doing it for a little bit, and then Hook's fire up spots? Yeah. I think that match could be spectacular, and I hope this is... Uh, the first phase in order to arrive at it. I would have Hook and Jungle Boy win. Like Hamflet, I would book a little bit of, oh, hang on. Uh, are they on the same page here? Or as a mistake, going to hasten their um, split. But yeah, baby faces to win because Hook's undefeated still. Yeah. Not being funny, he shouldn't be doing a job to Drillistico on TV no. when you've got that intact. Or Peregrosso for that matter. Um, but yeah, that's how it should play out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Also advertised for tonight, uh, Blackpool Combat Club in a trios match against Chaos Rocky Romero back together with the best friends. Only one winner here. There is, and it only exists for John Moxley and the BCC to say, we're better than Chaos. That, if you think about it, means Danielson's better than Okada, actually. Yeah. It's one of those indirect ways of building a bigger match, which is a staple of Tony Khan's booking. Happily, this should still be really fun. Uh, Romero's massively underrated. Mm. Um, Chuck Taylor and Trent and BCC have storyline history. They also have in-ring chemistry. Virtually every single trios match in AEW just rules. So I've got high hopes for this. I'm not going to be like, oh, I, can't, I hope that's next. You know, when I'm watching the opener, but it'll be mint when I see it. Always, uh, yeah, like you say, always good to see uh, Trent and... Um uh, best friends and, and, and the extended, uh, you know, Orange Cassie and that going, get my hands on that bloody wheelie uter again. Yeah, we took yeah, him yeah. under our wing and Chuck Taylor's like, you, you're a git you are now. The Trent wheelie uter stuff is always so well worked from a character perspective. They've never, like, lost the thread of these two really resent each other. They don't really get the chance to fight that often, but when they do, they make the bloody most of it. I love their sequences in these matches, and I expect more of the same tonight. I'd quite like to this for this to extend beyond just the BC win tonight, and yeah, it's all about kind of a mirror of the Danielson-Okada thing. Well, if you think that was a piece of piss for us, wait till you see what Danielson does to Okada. I would like it to go further. I want, I don't know if it's just a manifesting thing, but you've in terms of singles matches, you've just got 
triple main event written all over Forbidden Door if you announce Mox Ishii 2. And like after their G1 classic, he's in chaos. Uh, Toriano is in chaos. He's got a victory over John Moxley. John yeah. Moxley in his, what is it, his car that he inexplicably acquired? A comedic vehicle that I have inexplicably acquired. Like, if there's a, if it's not Moxley in a singles, this version of BCC, it's quite nice as well because we've realised after last year, storylines are not really what we need. It's mm. Oh, definitely not. It's dream matches, it's graphics, and it's video packages. Far better than just bringing people out for random run-ins. But... It's quite nice in the narrative if the BCC have, in their minds, just smashed the elite with a dominant group in AEW with the best and then Chaos say it otherwise. And you've got some sort of like, if you're doing BCC versus, like, this is Best Friends and Rocky Romero. If you're doing BCC versus a proper Chaos for Forbidden Door, this is quite a nice way to get to it as well. Mm. Like a big stable ready to take on New Japan's big baby face group. I don't want to demean myself on Twitter, give oxygen to the worst people alive. <laughs> Or um, pat my own back with a cool tweet dunk. But there might be some listeners who, in good faith, are kind of wondering where the stories are. So I'm just going to say this on this podcast so I'm not trying to get likes or engagement, okay? One, it was so lopsided last year in terms of basically, before it was abandoned, they tried to have Zack Sabre Jr., had apparently collected a bounty offer from Chris Jericho to take out Danielson ahead of um, the Blood and Guts match that was mm. happening, like, what, the Wednesday after that Forbidden Door? That was so lopsided in AEW's favor. They were just serving themselves. And it's like that technical battle between the two best technical wrestlers of all time, like, oh, eh, sells itself. Yeah. That should be the ultimate motivation for those two men to wrestle each other. Didn't Okada and Osprey do run-ins in T-shirts? Yeah. Because I just show them in the gear in, in their match at Forbidden Door for the first time. Yeah. I don't need them coming out in their New Japan branded t-shirts to say, yes. we wrestle for them, but we're here. I hated it getting folded into AEW canon with these. Oh, he's going to wrestle him because he's mates with him. It's like, you don't have to do that. In fact, you shouldn't. It's a unique destination event in which the two most revered proper wrestling promotions, people from each side should want to say, hang on, we're better than you or we've surpassed you, mm -hmm. and the people on New Japan side should be saying, no, we're still the absolute best, and we kind of resent the fact that you're taking that off us, so we're going to reclaim it. And I know each side is split into factions, which makes a full-scale interpromotional deal difficult, but that could still be the abiding crux, the central thrust of everything. When they say, in particular, and again, I'm not going to say this on Twitter, because I hate it when people do the quote tweet dunks, on the people who don't deserve oxygen, who just want attention because they're unfulfilled in life. I also hate it when people um, vaguely refer to there being discourse. Mm. And I want to tweet, I hate it when people vaguely refer to there being discourse because I do want it to end, but no one's going to end it. And me even vaguely referring to, you shouldn't like preempt discourse and say that you're going to do that because that's still a recognition of the discourse. I hate it all. One thing I'm going to say, and again, this is only because I think there will be listeners saying, oh, what's the story for me here? Without trying to insult you, this is what I think it is and should be yeah. for a unique event like this. A Carter Danielson functions so well as a dream match that you don't have to have a story involved. You don't have, like, what's the simplest wrestling story other than I'm better than you is, oh, I resent you and your success. I'm going to chop block you, injure your knee, and that can factor into the match, and that's the story of the match. That's the most basic thing I can think of at the top of my head, right? Or maybe Danielson wants to own a Carter's contract or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> In order for this dream match to happen and to make it a dream match and to do something that's going to clear 100,000 buys, in my opinion, think of all of the great accumulated storytelling Danielson and Okada have done in their careers to make this just a match graphic. It's not as if they've just wrestled loads of great matches and they are great at wrestling and now who's the best great wrestler. Like The amount of story they've had to tell to be so consistently <laughs> great in this industry between them. Like, you, you get a pass for this one. You can't do who's the best if you've had one match. I know. Unless you're Logan Paul. Like, you need to have had hundreds yeah. of matches on your cage match to, to be who's the best match. A million amazing stories. Like, Okada 
beating Tanahashi to break his record number of defenses. What a story that was. And that's what makes him one of the best mm. in storyline and in reality. Danielson being better than ever after he retired. What a great story that is an individual journey. You put them two together to determine who's the best, and I'll be on the edge of my seat. And it's a, it's a nice situation for you to have domestically at the moment. They don't need to sell a single ticket. It sold out straight away. People bought. Yeah. It's in Canada, obviously, so that's like, I was going to say it's a strong market for them, but then Collision would argue otherwise. Mm-hmm. Certainly a big pay-per-view in Canada is, is strong for them. People bought those tickets on the strength of Forbidden Door as a concept and of AEW coming to town. So they've never been under less pressure to put a car together with stories. Like, then, it'd be different. Well, Tony Khan's got to do it with Collision on this show to sell tickets. It's the total opposite with Fabindo. If anything, I felt there was too much weird tacked-on story last year to the point where I felt insulted. And I was like, lads, I know you are doing blood and guts after Forbidden Door. I, I know. You do not have to, like, infect this Forbidden Door build yeah. and use that as a Trojan horse to get a big rating for blood and guts. I thought it interfered with all of the storylines or most of them um, in the build of Forbidden Door. So don't need stories. This is the one time you can just have match graphics. I'm it con- will be fine. I'm confused, though, because Forbidden Door's in Canada and uh, Kenny is obviously going to play an integral part of it. And yet last week we were told he's not in Canada. Where on earth in the world is he? Hmm. He's in Japan going <laughs> to get Kota Ibushi. That's not going to happen this week, though. I mean, it might. So it's one of those ones where it's, there's a lot of stuff on this show already, but it's there's something, I don't know, there's potential for something, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, if there was like a big Hangman Page singles match or whatever, or a big, because that's, it's very regimented as Dynamite, so you can tell what, when you're going to get a, a post-match angle, who it's going to involve, or if there's going to be a surprise, it's going to be here. There's nothing on this card that suggests to me, oh, it could be a Bushy's week. But you never know. We spun mm. some shocks before. We were live and we saw f***ing Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> it was f***ing great. Um, yeah, ironically, really great, man. <laughs> what do you think is next for Chris Jericho? It feels like the coal feud's potentially done with. But done. It's, yeah, that was like, not a, an admittance that, the whole thing had failed because the story was fun, but I think they were willing to mercy kill it to ensure that the whole point of it, which was to build Adam Cole up potentially for MJF, wasn't ruined by the dreadful double or nothing match. So I feel it was, like it was meant to end. They yeah. shot the angle for the dynamite match after, like they knew that was in the show before they knew how poorly received the match would be. But um, they yeah. shot the Soraya Jericho stuff like what an hour after, or minutes after the match, mm. so it's fine. But it was nice that it was clean and you could put yeah. a bow on it and be like, it's, yeah. it's done. Uh, I don't know what's next, Chris. He will work Forbidden Door. Yeah, he will. Um, I just truthfully, this is like I don't mind being honest at the moment. I've not been up enough on my new Japan to know who would make a particularly interesting Chris Jericho opponent without reeling off. To be honest, some of the names he faced were pre AW or when AW was just a thing. You know, he's he wrestled Tanahashi, he wrestled Naito, he wrestled Evil. That was Kenny. You know, like there's, there's nobody on the roster that jumps out. But that's not to say there isn't a really cool match lurking somewhere. I'm way more interested in Chris Jericho post Forbidden Door. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like the double enough match stunk, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I really enjoyed the story. Loved the Roderick Strong match, and I want to think that there's something with Sammy Guevara happening that's this year. The one there was a babyface turn that happened, and Chris Jericho hasn't acknowledged it. And the Jericho Appreciation Society have remained unchanged, despite the fact that one of their, like, thoroughbred OGs has just babyfaced himself in the middle of a completely different storyline where if he'd have won the belt, he'd never seen them again. That's got to matter. Yeah. So I feel like, but that's very post Forbidden Door. Maybe it's a Le Sex Gods tag match and things don't go well at Forbidden Door. Oh, my God. Love Le Sex Gods, mate. They are literally, unironically, low-key goated. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I want them to do Jericho Sammy. It feels like it's a time. It feels like you'll never get a better opportunity to turn Sammy face. And I don't think it suits the story um, for Jericho to be the baby face here. Um, you could do a similar deal to San Martino's Abisco, but I don't think anyone really receives Chris Jericho as Bruce San Martino at this point in his career. He's already turned baby face in AEW once, didn't take as well as his heel runs. I don't think you'll ever be received as the cornerstone of the company, the beloved icon of AEW. It just isn't happening. Mm-hmm. 
So you can't do it that way around. And there seems to be a bit of a, a, a thirst for, oh, you know what, Guevara, maybe he's grown up. He entertained me during the Forbidden Door, uh, the double or nothing build, even though it wasn't very good overall. Why not cheer him? And it's Jericho. Mm. Everyone can boo Jericho. So now's the time. But that doesn't have many ramifications for Forbidden Door, which he will certainly be on in a decent role. To be fair, he worked a trios match last year. Kind of put himself in the background. Of course, yeah. Knowing that he had the Blood and Guts main event notwithstanding. I Could you do them against Bishamon for the belts? And they could lose and Jericho could take the pin, but he could do his... You know, he's just being a rampant hypocrite at the moment and he's he's doing that Jericho bit where he just ignores the obvious. Thing. Sammy, I can't believe you let us down. Yeah, he loses and he's like, come on, Sammy, get your head in the game. I know you've got your dumb pregnant wife at home. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that kind of thing, you know. But it's him that's gotten pinned and they could have won the IWGP tag titles. Bishamon, the sex gods could be incredible. Yeah. Um, Jericho doing Patron and Yoshihashi was <laughs> sensational. Or... And this is another way in which you could advance Jericho Sammy, which will happen after Forbidden Door. You could have JAS versus House of Torture, and who's the biggest twat match? <laughs> like a big, stupid, multi-man tag that's just every heel trick you've ever seen. Like a, a all-heel party match. I trust AEW to pull that off. What about... I know you've probably got him booked elsewhere, but what about if it was um, Sex God's... Versus uh, Naito and Hiromu. And when the sex gods do the line on the floor, sex gods pose. Naito lies next to them, they do the tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of stuff, because Jericho and Naito have got all their sort of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. Then uh, we've fixed it. So have we've not fixed it, it wasn't broken, but the sex gods on forbidden door, that's the answer. Just have the sex gods go over FTR, IMO. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sticking with members of the JAS, Anna JAS is in action tonight against TBS champion Chris Statlander. The Open Challenge is back and following, according to Tony Khan, following a great bout at uh, AW House Rules Tupelo. Anna J has demanded a second chance at the TBS title, so that's our match for this evening in the women's division. Our one match, indeed. Um, it will be a good indicator of how back Statlander is. It appears that she's really back. Our 450 was awesome. Um... And, like, she's, if not the best worker in that division, top two, her and Hater, for me personally. Um, so this will be a really good measure of just how good she is, if she can be that Bret Hart model of a champion, where I'm not saying Anna JAS is bad. She's ended some great performances, particularly for her level of experience, but she's more a 95 Bret challenger than anything else. And look what <laughs> Bret did with that. Um so I'm interested in if Statlander can really elevate wrestlers to her level and just do the ultimate champion's job of making every match be awesome and dramatic if they have no right to be otherwise. Um, obviously, we know who's going to win. Um, but no, I'm really optimistic and hopeful that someone as nice as Statlander and as good as Statlander can get some bloody good luck for a change. Yeah. And a JS has probably got about a one in four, maybe, every good TV match. And I mean, that as a compliment for her experience level. Still had, what, less than 100, like, significantly so. Yeah. Uh, so, like, one in every four, maybe one in every five is legitimately great. And it's not that the other ones are terrible. It's just, oh, you, every now and then you can see real flashes in Anna JS, and then sometimes there's just matches that don't work out that well. Or it's just a break the immersion a little bit. They're too cooperative. There's not enough impact to them. So I just hope it's the former. I just mm. hope it's one of her really good nights against somebody, to Sidge's point, that can bring it out of her. And it doesn't matter that it's a routine win because this is the time to give Chris Statland a routine win. Yes. Like, Jade Cargill, a master 60-0 unbeaten record, so she wasn't like a paper champion. I know there was long periods where she wasn't defending or there wasn't any story or anything, but she defended it loads. So in order to be a babyface... Statlander kind of has to do the same. Like, they can't just let it disappear in the background or go six weeks without appearing on television. You can't. It's negligence to a babyface like her to not have her out there wrestling kind of as often as you can, defending as often as you can. She's, she's got to be, because otherwise, the contrast will be drawn between the supposed heel, Jade Cargill, doing a better job than you as yeah. the face. I'm still going to keep banging this drum that I think the the, the book in the... I think you guys were talked about, at least, if, if not came up with, of Taya Valkyrie going... Yeah, I, no, I'm not having this. I'll soften her up for you. You took all the attention away from me uh, at the pape. 
So, yeah, I'm going to turn heel and kick your ass. But obviously that's maybe not for this week. I think it's, yeah, like I say, a straightforward victory, which means before we move on, one thing we have to do... It's time to play the game! Time to play, Time the, to play game. the game. <laughs> Not punching down. No. Before we get to the uh, name of the game, Sid, what's the uh, aim of the game here? Our minute and second. <laughs> <laughs> our minute and second. We play this game where, like, if we get to the hour, minute, and second <laughs> of the first time you hear like um, Anna Jay's theme, because she'll come out first. It'll really underscore that it's apathetic, obligatory token stuff. Learned a little bit. 1.5 matches last week with women in. I'm so bored. They're going to have five hours first run AW content in two weeks. Get two women's matches on Dynamite and do it regularly and we'll bin this. I'm done with it. But like, I'm so bored, man. <laughs> just say, put, put two women's matches on. Yeah. Five hours a week coming from June 17th. However. But what's the uh, name of the game? Name of the game is, well, this is late as night and I'm thinking, oh, what a night. Ah. I will miss the jingle. <laughs> um, shout out, as always, to, well, specific, specifically, actually, this week. Shout out to Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton 4, who is not taking care of the um, data this week because he's off to Download Festival. So have a oh, great cool. time there, Adam. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. That's a bonus headfield for you. And your luck runs out. Uh, Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 stepping up this week. Thank you, as always, uh, guys. I believe, because this was many, many weeks ago, the last time we played this, I believe it was the, what would have been the May 17th uh, episode of Dynamite. I last played this on, and I believe it was you, Michael Hamlet, who won it. Six correct answers this year. Michael Sidgwick, five, me, three. Take it away. What are you going for? Well, I'm going to go first hour because we had second hour for the women's match last week. Ooh. But we also had main event. Ooh, point, point five, yeah. didn't we? So I feel like it was very weighted in the favour of the second hour last week. So based on the logic that was given to us by, was it Adam Blair or... It was, yeah, yeah. About the, the whole 11. The, the whole deal about the two hours. I'm going to go with 45 minutes, uh, 10 seconds. Zero hours, 45 minutes, 10 seconds. I'll go, I was going to go second hour because I couldn't remember how the system worked because it's been... It's not a hard and fast rule. We no. just There is patterns. So I'll go one hour, 23 minutes and 19 seconds, please, Michael Sidgwick. And then if you could perhaps take us through your, uh, well, not necessarily your, but... Uh, oh, <laughs> Uh, a run of the show. Okay. Oh, boom, let's go ignite. So my fat guy can flash your light. Down on the boom. Bring the boom. Down the mind. Wednesday night. You know what that means. Uh, hopefully I get a goddamn job on Saturday because uh, what's all this old Oki gonna do? I'm not calling the action at uh, at Collision on TNT. It's something we're very excited about. Uh, CM Punk's there, and uh, yeah, he knows how to make some money. Uh, okay, okay. How's the show gonna go? No, 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 no. Oh, it's later than that, yeah. Uh, don't don't let Maro have my job. Even though all this old talk is getting confused now. It's Ricky Stark. <laughs> I'm a blue chip, uh, blue chip athlete. Lots of sizzle, lots of steak. So he's got the two most important things that a pro wrestler can have there, right there. He's got sizzle and he's got steak. Uh, now it's just up to him to maximize his minutes. <laughs> uh, a lot of upside in uh, Ricky Stark's. And then what's uh, Jay White's uh, theater? <laughs> well, that like a horror movie, Stone. <laughs> Correct. It's a like flick comb noise at the start, Jim. Correct. Now it has to open for something else. You've got a bit of history there, Jim. And he's got a shit together. And 
Jay Wine needs to get his goddamn shit together. I was pretty nervous in the Battle Royal that that was going to make a comeback. <laughs> a double or nothing. X could have played the role of uh, Josh Barnett. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> and, uh... No. No, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to screw around too much. <laughs> oh, is it the penultimate? Oh, no, wise ass, actually. It's not always in the penultimate slot. Okay, what well, was the second match? Zero hours, 22 minutes. Uh, 33 seconds. Uh, Jim, before you go, uh, just looking at this card for tonight. Um, yes. Preston Vance is in action. A uh, large bloke, handsome man, uh, quite toned. Um, I, I'm looking for another word to describe his physique. I'm, I'm struggling, though. But have you got any any uh, tips or any uh, any um, anecdotes from, from your uh, extensive history in, um, in wrestling that you could maybe pass on? Uh, Preston... Paragrosso, he's a big man. Mm, yeah, yeah. But he can also move about. Yeah, that's true. And Bill Watts once told me <laughs> that you can make a lot of money with an athletic big man. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Jim. Uh, we'll hear from MJF tonight. What's he going to say? Well, if my fantasy book and dreams come true, there are two scenarios, and I'd be happy with either. Cock a hoop. With either, right, okay. MGF, probably when he got told by TK, oh, we're going to do Forbidden Door. Like a professional, in character, making whatever he does in storylines realistic by living inside his interior character and making it feel lived in and real. Started to bury New Japan Pro Wrestling, knowing that at some point he's going to wrestle someone from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. I believe he called it an indie fed after someone asked some a really good journalist, a uh, wrestling journalist, asked <laughs> him a question at a I'm press a cr- conference. I'm a critic, not a journalist. Mm-hmm. Low bar to clear. I was that. <laughs> I was that night. <laughs> he also uh, said something, oh, sorry to interrupt, Sage, but he said something about uh, the What Culture Wrestling podcast. Oh, sorry, I'm really struggling to remember exactly what he said. It was... Something along the lines of one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. got right there. Honestly, that is the best thing to hear in an American accent. Narrowly beating hearing people say Dadleys in, a, in an American accent. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. great. Like Pretty great. So I want MGF to come out, piss all over New Japan. Yeah. Do his material on New Japan. Video screen challenge of either Tetsuya Naito or Hiroshi Tanahashi. The Tetsuya Naito choice being that MGF hates people who deliberately wrestle matches where they just don't care if they get dumped on their head or not. They'll take the risks. Obviously, MGF will take a reverse Rana and a destroyer because mm-hmm. that's the payoff to his bait. But in theory, the MGF character does not want to do this. Naito is a purveyor of next stuff. <laughs> so it's a perfect match given the long-term story that MGF has tried to get out there in the media. If not, the ambassador, the, the face, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and my God, the craftsmanship of a MGF versus Tanahashi match. Preemptive. Oh, my God. It would just be perfect. I'd purr like a little mark watching that. It would be so well done. They wouldn't have to do much to get a reaction. They could really just go 14 minutes, maybe even in the opener, to just tell the story. And MJF will have promo material for years if he can beat Tanahashi. Out the ass. Out the ass. Whisper it. Everyone beats Tanahashi now. Yeah. Everyone has beaten Tanahashi. Tanahashi is, I hate to say it, he will never be washed. He could be mummified and shoot dead, and he would still have the psychological prowess to make me want him to stay alive in matches. Those two minutes at the Forbidden Door main event, main event last year when it was like, oh, don't end this match. Tanahashi, come on, come on. Will yourself out of this hole, this bulldog joke. He's a conjurer of professional wrestling magic. And him doing that in the armbar, the Fujiwara, salt of the earth. Oh, my God. So I, I, I like the idea of also potentially him coming out 
and not even necessarily shooting on New Japan, just saying, that's going to be a nice month off this. Yeah. Just because he's like, well, I'm not working that. Why would I? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea that a match springs forth from him not wanting to have one. Tanahashi is a shoot dead man better than The Undertaker ever was as a working one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Tanahashi for me. I love the Naito pitch. And just as Sid was talking there, I also thought about MJF stubbornly refusing to work anybody and like really honing in on next stuff, the physicality, the reasons why everything he hates about wrestling is defined by New Japan's house style and the purveyors of that house style. And then um, just for a nice big in arena moment, Darby Allen and Sting come out. Darby traps MJF in a headlock takeover and reveals the third dude with attitude, and it's Shingo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. For, for forcing MJF to have to confront the prospect of getting dropped on his head and neck in a fast-paced thriller that the, is, the, is the last thing he wants. Like, Shingo, that's... Shingo could hit him in the headlock takeover and do the wanker symbol as well. Yes. One more thing, because I know we've still got loads, but a bit more to get into here. Not my pitch. I think it might have been Bix on Twitter. And this is kind of perfect. MJF versus Toru Yano. <laughs> but when the challenge is done via like video recording, MGF can piss himself laughing and say, see, New Japan is a joke. I was right all along. Because there are a few better in wrestling history yep. at going, surely not, than a Yano pin. Yeah. And MGF would sell that so well. Um, and that gives the Forbidden Door pay-per-view card a bit of texture, a bit of difference, mm-hmm. a bit of brevity. Out, che- out cheating matches are so fun. Yeah. Like MJF trying to be like the usual scheming heel when he loads up the diamond ring and then Yano cheats to distract the ref and steals the diamond ring and loads it up himself. Yeah. Just all, or like tapes his hand so he can't like you can't hit with it or something like that. Loads of potential to that. I have MJF potentially might fold into uh, the Tony Khan. We've got about 15 things folding into the Tony Khan announcement, but yes. like again, this wheel here from stuff is quite cheeky sometimes, isn't it? Because occasionally you kind of hear from someone's... What was the FTR one that you spotted? Was it the FTR when they pushed Satnam Singh into the tables? It was like... We hear from wrong, FTR. Wrong people came out first. Yeah. There, yeah. So sometimes, like, Tony Khan's announcement happens, and then you hear from somebody who's responded to the announcement, but wait a second, they were on the graphic. Mm. So they can play with that a little bit. They shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. It's Wednesday night. You know what that, you know what that means. Oh, Another Tony Khan announcement, which is uh, about AW Tony's Collision. Tony's got to get her TV time. <laughs> <laughs> it does need to stop. Every goddamn <laughs> Four weeks, five weeks in a row now. Where's your Dixie Carter over goddamn show? It's about... a lot of sizzle. Um, Maybe we actually need some steak. Hello, Bob and Janice Carter. They took me out for a beautiful steak dinner. A daughter couldn't run a wrestling promotion. Old JR can't sound with somebody who can't run a goddamn wrestling promotion. Bob and Janice Carter couldn't have been nicer than me. (laughs) What will collision... Double six is like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Six sides on a ring... What the hell is that? Mm, circus tent on the impact zone. It's old oak. You don't know what the hell that's called. <laughs> a squared circle, not a hexagonal one. Hexagonal one. Is that right? Is that a pentagon? I can't. Pen, uh, pen. Pen, pen five. <laughs> Shetanic. A hexagonal circle. A shetanic structure. <laughs> is it human? He's always really corny with the hell in the cell, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so all collisions may never be such. Right. For this to make sense, and it kind of doesn't, because what would the main event be if this thing didn't happen to make it? But at least it's not. He gives himself half an hour to work with and not 10 seconds, and it's not in the night. In my fantasy booking, and solves a lot of problems, and it delays some things, which Tony Khan loves to edge. Loves to edge, yeah. So the opener is Jay White versus... So he said, love Edge there. I was like, you don't need to sign him. You've got enough wrestlers. Yeah. So Ricky Starks, he will sign that Edge. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yep. that's my prediction. Sexton and Christian, back together. It would be incredible. Be Edge funny. might discover his funny bone again. <laughs> so the show starts... <laughs> you think it's Luchasaurus, but he pulls off the dinosaur mask and it was Edge all night. Yes. And wearing the paint. That'd be great, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Starks versus Jay White. Ricky Starks wins with the interference of Bullet Club Gold member three. Bullet Club Gold, in the post-match, beat up Ricky Starks, stretch a job. Maybe not a stretch a job, because you can't really sell that. No, they could. It's a couple of weeks. Stretch a job. Oh, Ricky, no. 
FTR befriended Ricky Starks last week, okay? So I think that was a very important yeah. um, bit of foreshadowing, whatever. Come out too late, can't save him. By this point, the heels have run away. FTR say, we want to get our revenge on you three, but we can't have Ricky now because he's in the hospital. Tony Khan says, I watched on with interest and my original plan for collision will not be happening because this is an opportunity. Either that or he'll just pretend that he's not had the main event. <laughs> well, Doc says, I ain't no brain scientist. I, I can no, think of a partner. I ain't no rocket scientist, you <laughs> hear? I ain't no action star, <laughs> good-looking guy. I don't think I'm going to get a PhD, but I might be able to come up with a partner. <laughs> Uh, All he talks about is things he isn't. Yeah, I no, no. ain't a podcaster no more. <laughs> but I know a guy who did some very famous podcasts. CMFTR versus Bullet Club Gold Plus One. The first episode of Collision. In the post-match of which, Ricky Starks comes out, motions to beat up Bullet Club Gold, then realizes, I'm floundering. I have to turn heel, setting up... Starks versus Punk is Punk's yes. first major f singles fuad. Oh, God, Jim Ross saying, but whose side is he on? And Tony Schiavone acting, well, of course he's on the side of it, and they do the exact same bit as the Hogan stuff. Yeah. yeah. Third man stuff yeah. ties in with the Nitro Collision yeah. aesthetic. Good point. AEW always think of these things in cute layers. I think I've cracked a curse, Tony. I love it. Absolutely love it. Only offering different pitches because this roster is diverse and interesting, and you can uh, Little Phil versus Big Bill. <laughs> Go where the money is. Bill Watts once told me you can make a lot of money with an athletic big man. Like Big Bill. <laughs> Bill Watts once told me that you can make a lot of money with an athletic Big Bill. When uh, Big Bill was hoying people out at the Battle Royal gym, he was like, he's really selling like his own actions, wasn't he? Like, what? As an insider, how would you like think to describe that when it came to like using that pay per view time? Really maximize his minutes. That sounds like somebody you'd put over in one of your roster reports. Theartsbarbecue <laughs> dot <laughs> uh, So yeah, if not, Lil Phil, Big Bill. Uh, Big Bill's got a lot of upside. <laughs> one of two things: MJF is told that he's going to defend his title on the first episode of Collision. I won't have you be in the situation that you put me in with Rampage. Can't yeah. say that out loud. <laughs> you might as well. I think Jack Perry <laughs> bin it off. Jack Perry buried it. Yeah. yeah. You imply that. You don't say that, but you imply that, like, you're going to work collision. I'm just furious. Like, how dare you? Like, that's not the cracking Tony Khan's. Yes, it is. Like, it's my new TV show. You're working it in real life. You'll flog a few more tickets. Yeah. Punk, the Punk match might sell some, but then maybe it won't. Maybe people have already bought the CM Punk tickets. I know he's going to be there. And if MJF is wrestling, it doesn't matter what Punk's doing. You know they're both in the building. Yeah. And that's the draw in, it, in and of itself. Bigger. Whether it's MJF versus Jungle Boy or whatever, it doesn't really matter. MJF versus Orange Cassidy for a belt. And it's wow. a huge pay-per-view quality match being given away on free TV. Massive stakes. Orange Cassidy has lost his title belt, but no harm done because he's going to go for the big one now. It's a bit NXT, that. He's GD earned it. Well, that's probably why it's so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like something massive. It Like, I keep reading, I think Brandon Thurston talked about, it's double figures anyway, how many shows are going to have to be taped for Collision? How many are going to be preempted? Almost certainly by sport, like big games that you can assume are going to happen with playoffs and stuff like that. He has to ignore it. He has to no-sell, yeah, like, yeah. you cannot treat those weeks like Friday Dynamites. He has to no-sell that Collision's going to get eaten up sometimes. It's Saturday night. Well, there's a huge NBA game tonight. Yeah, well, I... It's Dynamite, and they've not gone, oh, we'll just not yeah. do the Orange Cassidy match tonight, uh, then. Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Indeed. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> Some weeks you're going to lose, but... You're going to lose every Well, not if, you're, not if you're the uh, Las Vegas Knights, apparently. 2-0 up. So yeah. Not. Yeah. But don't treat it like that. You've seen what happened with Rampage. You saw what happened in the few times it's happened with Dynamite. Treat Collision as this serious thing, and then maybe you won't have those Canadian towns that have only got three-figure yeah. gates so far. Like, honestly, take it as seriously as you possibly can. The Punk one is is the one, because then CM Punk wrestling is that. But I'd love the idea of MJF being there and 
you knowing that Punk is there too. Like, we know he's there. Mm. So it doesn't matter what he does almost. It's almost like, well, if he's not come out and we're at the MJF match, we know that he's coming out to stare down MJF after he wins or something like that, yes. you know? So I just feel like give... Sidge's main event is, is the one, but give people plenty of reasons to want to buy the remainder of those tickets at United Centre. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Another very serious uh, NXT review podcast from earlier on today, available to download right now. And we'll be back tomorrow to review AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we... See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.